That's not quite all, folks. The Lean Tunes podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hanlon, joined by... And I'm Jordan Schmidt. And because the masses demanded it, or moreover, because we felt like it, uh, we're doing another episode of the show on the fairy tales. And don't worry, we're not doing Bear's Tale again. No, no. No, no, no. No. There is a short that's based off uh, Three Bears, but... Um, There's no bears in it. Yeah. So what's the point? It's the Goldilocks and the Three. <laughs> There's no bears. No, we, we do have a nice little... This A lot of these came from um, stuff we were watching for um, Thousand and One Rabbit Tales and other things of that ilk. And so these got an unintentional theme when we threw them into an episode together. And so it'll be interesting to see how they sort of connect and link to each other as we talk about them. Yeah, because two of them are from A Thousand Rabbit Tales, and the one I'm covering was also in in the Lulu Mugs Bunny movie, and I had no idea until I watched the thing for this show and went, oh shit, that's that's from the first, the second one. No, it's odd. I saw that clip before. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's very odd. But no, these are these these are three interesting ones that all sort of intersect. I don't think we've mentioned which ones they are though. The ones we're doing are Little Red Rodent Hood, Goldilocks and the Three Cats, and Red Riding Hoodwinked. Yeah, there, there's a nice little mix of things but the thing we didn't realize until we started watching them down is that these are three very different cartoons featuring sylvester the cat and it's really just documenting the three different uses of sylvester a cat from just foil slash villain that never really gets his way to foil to tweety bird to eventual foil to sylvester jr and other large rodents so it it, it it it's it basically like our other Sylvester episode. It proves how versatile Sylvester the cat is, because um, there's a lot of different ways he's used, and I don't think any two are completely alike in this one. No, especially um, the first one, last one, because they are yeah. both the same story, yet they're done in completely different ways, which is very interesting. First art today is a little red rodent hood. Yes. Came out on May 3rd, 1952. In regards to what happened on that day, Lieutenant Colonels Joseph O. Fletcher and William P. Bendick of the United States landed a plane at the North Pole. Oh, was Santa there? That's information that I couldn't find. Damn. The government need <laughs> it's, it's on a need-to-know basis, and the government sort of blacked that part out. Like, the, the masses don't need to know about Santa. No. Not yet. Not until the Coca-Cola Corporation finds him. Oh, then, yes, exactly. Th- th- no, 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 no. Coca-Cola is the one who uh, exposed Santa Claus to the world. Yeah, I mean, Coca-Cola is the reason why Santa wears the red suits and drinks cola. Yes. Um, You know, that would have been an amazing... I, I haven't seen Santa Claus 2 in forever. Wouldn't it have been an amazing joke if, like, the fake Tim Allen drinks Pepsi? <laughs> That's how you know... <laughs> That that Santa's evil. It's like, oh my god. Oh, you know. <laughs> we, you should submit that as the people that are writing the new Santa Claus series or whatever they're doing. Oh, that's right, Plus. yeah. You know, it's like, fake Santa drinks Pepsi. <laughs> and Martin Short drinks Mr. Pibb. <laughs> All right. I think he just does in real life as well. <laughs> Or the short was directed by Fritz Freeling, written by Warren Foster. Um, yes. All three of these are directed by Fritz Freeling. Okay. Yes, they are. And not all of them are written by Warren Foster, though, but we'll get to the strange case yeah. in a little bit. Yeah. So, this short 
was very briefly in uh, the Looney Bugs Bunny movie. Yes. And in fact, the first Looney Tunes clip we see in that movie is from the short. Yeah, because they're setting up the history of comedy. And it leads go it goes from Chaplin and Keaton and Fatty Arbuckle and all those fellas to this shot in this one of Hector the Bulldog, you know, slapping Sylvester's jaws on the firecracker and then blowing the fur off him. So, which is a great gag in context. Let me be clear. But yeah, I've, I've, again, I've always associated that with the beginning of Looney Bugs Bunny movie, and I never really figured out which one it was in until doing the research for this one. So it's it's uh, it's nice to see it in the wild. So our short begins with a very energetic mouse. Yes. Who wants to who's ready to like get told a bedtime story and she's annoying her grandmother about this, like, oh tell me a story, tell me a story. And the grandma says, Okay, listen, Tweety. I mean listen, child. I mean also the grandmother is B. Benaderet as well, right? Yes, yes. It's um it's B. Benaderet doing essentially her granny voice, ML Blank essentially. essentially doing his Tweety voice, which is But they're mice, so it's a fun. different dynamic. Exactly. The grandmother tells this mouse the story of Lil Red Riding Hood, in which it's clearly it, it was the grandmother as a young as a young child, because you know, she knows all these details of what happens in the cartoon. Well, that's one interpretation. I just sort of interpreted it as because you know, as the grandmother begins to tell this story, uh, the, the little uh, the, the mouse uh, dozes off to sleep and imagines himself or, or themselves in um, this sort of story. And so I, I just don't think that I think it's like it, I don't think it's a complete recollection or flashback of what actually happened. I think it's sort of a dreamlike sort of meta thing especially with with what happens at the end of this of yes you know a, a mix between dream and reality which is just thinly veiled enough to to be charming yes which was the one thing that rock doodle never had oh yeah i i i don't know why i'm bringing that up i, I just remember that's part of the movie it, it's a big twist like oh my god! Like we, he thought it was a dream, and then all of a sudden, uh, what? Uh, like goes to lightning, and like the owls kidnap the kid, and uh, Rockadoodle is a very odd movie. Yeah, yeah, not one of Don Bluth's best, in my opinion. Um, but what I will say about this one, as you go into the the sort of the the the, the layout of the. Um, of the, um, the the world of the cartoon is that this is animated like something from the 40s, I would say. Like, very robust animation. Yeah, so, and the, the grandma's narrating, like, yeah, you know, so, Adrian Hood, walk through the forest, through, through the, the forest, walk through the, the daffodils, and it's a house, but yeah. all the furniture is, the furniture's still there. But it's also like interlaced with these like forest greens and abstract tree <clears throat> images. So it, like it feels like a forest. But you can clearly tell it's in a house, which is very, very nicely done. Yeah, it's a practical world we're in. So as Red Riding Hood is walking through the forest, every time I say walking through the forest, I mean think of Robin Hood. <laughs> Robin Hood, little oh my gosh. Alright, anyways. Sylvester pops his head out. And he's the wolf in the situation. He goes, I want to eat that. So, you know, he's, okay, oh, she's going to Grandma's house. Okay, then, so I'll just go there. So, and Grandma's house, it's just the bedroom. Yeah. It's just a bedroom in the house. That's her entire house. house. It's just the bedroom. It's just the bedroom. So, Sylvester walks up to the bed, takes off the covers, Sees there's three wolves in there, and the wolf <laughs> says, "Get out of there! I'm taking. Go take a powder." The the oh wait wait, that's that's the other one. That's the um, other one. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> there's three cats in there. So, so cats, right? Cats in there. Cats. So say, hey, get out of here. This is my this is my thing. And then Sylvester <laughs> gets in the bed. The the pillow crumbles. He pulls the pillow away. There's a little cat there. It's a good gag. 
I mean, we see it twice in this episode, but it's a good gag. I mean, it's funny. I mean, it, it, it tells you that this is not the first person to get this idea. Though I did like just the little guy going, cigarette? <laughs> just especially going, no, I don't smoke. <laughs> I don't smoke. Which, boy, and I think 52, that's a pretty uh, progressive message. Yeah. Everybody was smoking in the 50s. That was the whole thing. Yeah. Eventually, uh, Little Red Riding Hood comes gets into the, the room. I just... You would think, okay, now this dude do the bit where Red Riding Hood says, Oh, Grandma, what big eyes you have. Yeah. I just love... Grandma, what big bags under your bloodshot <laughs> eyes you have. She's just insulting Sylvester at this insulting, point. Insulting, right, right. If that was really grandmother, she'd say, well, fuck you, kid. <laughs> I just love that subversion. Yeah. And eventually, you know, and then, and then, um, Red Riding Hood says, well, grandma, what big, what big, what big, like, sharp teeth you have. Red nose. Oh, that's right, that's right, all right. And there's the better the sniff you with, and... I, what I literally put in my notes for this bit where, with the little the, 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 the nose power sucking the, the, the mouse right to his face I just put in yeah. my notes I love animation <laughs> I just do that's just a really really fun little bit also just the only thing like, like unnerved me was like when he did that he put like a sound effect of like him sniffing her yeah, it's like, he's like really but in deep about this is a it. chill. Like, okay. This is a child story. You don't need to think too much exactly. about it. It's just it's it's good for the effect. Yes. You know. So and the next is. one is the teeth you got. For the yes, record. and then it's the sharp teeth thing. And then Sylvester says, "That's the line I've been waiting for. <laughs> it's like, what okay. we wanted all along. All along, yes. <laughs> and that's a good line. It I really need him then saying." That's my cue line. Yeah, it's like, uh-huh, yeah, we know. It, it's funny when she that. looks at us, it's like, yeah, that's the one I was waiting for. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, I love the ones, the Looney Tunes that will reference the fact that, like, this story has been told a million times before, and the tropes are already there, and so it plays with your expectation. Like, you know that what he's going to say, and so, you know, what big teeth you got? That's what I've been waiting for. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Yeah, so we then get you know th- th- this chase where, or so uh, Red Riding Hood is r- right down the stairs. Sylvester is sliding down the banister. Red Riding Hood just takes out a um a stick of butter, just flies out of the house. I love the butter gag. The timing of the butter gag is perfect. And then we get this bit where oh, Sylvester yeah. goes, "Okay, I'll blow your house down." It's really a bit of three pigs thing. And like, you know, it's obvious. Like, he's not going to be able to do it. He's like, okay, so I won't blow your house down. I'll do one better. Goes off screen, comes back. I'll blow it up! <laughs> Just lights, lights the, the stick of dynamite, shoves it in the mail drawer. <laughs> And it turns out um, there's a dog in the house. And I Hector. put surprise Hector in my notes in, right? in all caps. Yeah, it's like Hector's I didn't know there. Hector. I didn't. I didn't know. Um, I didn't know Droopy Dog was in this picture. Uh, and this is where we get the scene where yes. you know Hector walks up to Sylvester, takes it out of his mouth, puts it into Sylvester, slams his mouth shut, blows up. Hector blows the like the fur off of Sylvester. And um, there we continue gag. with the short. Yeah, it's a very good gag, and, and I love that Hector lingers for one more gag after that, because you could very easily go like, okay, Hector's here for one gag, but he sticks around for the next one, which is nice. So then you have this fairy godmother bit, yeah, where Sylvester has this like magic wand thing that blows shit up. It's it's like a magic wand that's also plugged into electricity. So it's like it's it, it fries things, and like once you see so once you see Hector right near where it's plugged in, you kind of know how it's gonna go. But <laughs> I like to think Sylvester got the magic exploding wand off the dark web or uh, or dark Amazon, which would be Wish.com. Well, honestly, uh, maybe he, maybe Wiley e. Coyote at a party just slipped him his Acme <laughs> contact. <laughs> Here's my you know. guy. 
Villains um, got to stick together, man. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so then in this bit where you know Sylvester comes up in the fairy godmother outfit, which so this image of uh, Sylvester with the fairy godmother uniform is the disc art to disc four of Looney Tunes Golden Collection Volume Five. Oh, okay, cool. Is this cartoon on Golden Collection Volume Five? Well, disc four is early days. So, it's not on disc 4, but it's on, uh, on disc 2? Yes, it is! Eventually, mm-hmm. so, Sylvester's just doing this act for, for the mouse, and, you no, know, he's, okay, you know, make a wish, and the mouse can make up its mind, like, like, Omar, hurry up! It's, 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 it's a silly padded outfit. Yeah, and then eventually, Hector, like, unplugs it, and just like, what, why is this working? Hector plugs it in. Uses it, Fester uses on himself, then he explodes. Yeah. So the mouse then tries to go outside, to which um, to which Fester keeps the gets the mouse in a glass and says, "Aha! Now I gotcha." Okay, how many Lindu characters have said this line? Well, it's not the only one that does in this episode. To be fair, no. <laughs> but you know, it's funny because when I saw this gag with 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 the mouse under this glass, I was very worried we get a reprise. Of like the Tweety Pie gag, or not the oh, Tweety Pie yeah. gag, the um, Tweety and the Beanstalk gag, where yeah. it's like or some Tweety cartoon where he's screaming and then gets attacked and and makes um, Sylvester yell and, and and drop the thing. Um, but we get more than that. Yes, I love that. The so the mouse is like stuck, and then the mouse is like constructing something. Sylvester tries to see what it is, and then and then Red Riding Hood just. Drapes a curtain around the glass, and there's just Sylvester trying yes. to look. Like he looks I under the glass as more construction sounds are heard. <laughs> and then we get this reveal that Little Red Riding Mouse has constructed a tank. Yeah, he's <laughs> got a tank. Cause sure, she yeah. she learned it from her grandma. She uh, she found it in uh, World War Two, I guess. I don't know. So, of course, Sylvester's like, oh, that's cute. Immediately gets, gets shot in the face, which is very nice. And then we get, and then we, we come out of it. We, we come out of the Red Riding story back to the, to the uh, narration. Yeah. And the kid's like, okay, well, then what Then what did the Red Riding Hood do? You know, what happened then? And then she just says, I just love it because she's a grandma. So she just explains it very nice and matter-of-factly. He's like, well... Luckily, Little Red Riding Hood found a large firecracker left over from the 4th of July. So she lit it and tossed it right out where he was. Gee, Granny, I bet that blew him all up. You're not just whistling Dixie, brother. Listen, I don't know why this last shot Sylvester blown up is, like, a bit unnerving, because it's, like, scabs and shit. It's, like... I don't know. He looks really messed up from this explosion yeah. more than usual. But yeah, that's where it ends. So it turns it's, out it was it, all real. I love that ending, honestly, because it, it 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 melds the 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 dream subtext and also the 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 reality. And it's it 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 does what only really a cartoon can do, and it sort of blends those and makes just a fun outcome either way. You know, it doesn't yeah. need to make sense. It's a cartoon. Exactly. So I will say. I do think, I do think, we kind of run away from the Red Riding Hood uh, of it, the, the Red Riding Hoodism of it, a bit too quickly. It's like, mm-hmm. it's there it's there for the setup, and then it's just a typical Sylvester versus a mouse cartoon. Well, Mark, you can say that about all three of these, honestly. Yeah, but I feel the other two did a bit better. I don't know. Oh, okay, so, okay. That's what I wanted. Uh, I'm gonna be. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna look bad just holding the sack and be like, "Like, wasn't this great?" Yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's a. I will say though. I will say though. This is a rather enjoyable one. Um, it does have rather. some very good gag work. Oh my! <laughs> it's an enjoyable one. It has really good <laughs> gag work. Like I I'm just really like. I really like the exploding magic <laughs> wand. <laughs> I mean, I thought this one was a surprise gem. Um, some incredible animation all throughout. Just great sets and great, like, just sweeping shots. And 
just it, it it felt was a joy for the eyes and also just a great Sylvester cartoon with a surprise assist from Hector. Great gag work, a great fairy tale construct. I love the ending. I love how this flows into each other. I did, I wasn't too bothered with the um the departure from the the um uh, Little Red Riding Hood thing. It was just a very good Freeling and Foster kind of deal, and I just thought it looked great. So, yeah. I'm giving this a 3 out of 5 Vandal rating. Jesus Christ! <laughs> what is wrong with you? I'm I giving it a 4.5 out of uh, Jeez, 5, because okay. I have a soul. Shit, okay. Jesus Christ, Mark. Oh. Now, talk about, now talk about the three bears, but not. Um, this one, which actually was in a thousand one rabbit tales, uh, unfortunately for it, was uh, Goldie Mouse and the Three Cats. Um, this was released on March fifteenth, nineteen sixty. On this day, uh, Mike Pagliarulo, third baseman for the nineteen ninety one Twins. Born on this day. As a Yankee fan, I know he had 32 home runs uh, in 1987 for the Yanks. Uh, was a fairly all right uh, spare part kind of guy in, in the midst of eras. But he was born that day, so that's pretty cool. Also, uh, the Key Largo uh, Coral Reef Preserved was dedicated on that day in 1960 as the first underwater park. I see a few tactical errors with having an underwater park. Like... Some dogs might drown, you know. <laughs> Sparky, no. <laughs> Don't do your business there. That's the underwater park. <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> is that a Scooby-Doo noise? Yeah. <laughs> no, no Lee, no Lee Harvey Oswald this month. Frizz Freeling directed this cartoon. Written by Michael Maltese. What happened to the other guy? Yeah, what happened to Warren Foster? I mean, honestly, I think that it, he, as he Chuck left. was phasing out and working more with um, Holly Pratt and his other guys, um, I think Michael Maltese was, um, you know, a bit more of a free agent and decided, all right, I'll do one for Frizz. Back in the old day, we used to do some all the time. I'm not, I'm not indebted to Chuck. And so he wrote this one for Frizz. And this, because this is 1960 and things are a little bit more out of whack, uh, Michael Maltese is credited with a story by credit, um, as, in, 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 as opposed to written by or whatever. He came up with the story. Um, Did he as a, really? Uh, hmm? Did he, I mean, the grim fairy tale people came up with the story. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I see what you're saying there. Yeah. No. Yes. Michael Maltese um, is the, the lost grim sibling. <laughs> You know, he talked about it in an interview. He said, well, actually, I was the person that did a grim fairy tales. And <laughs> Anyone tired of this running gag, send all your complaints to please don't at that's not quite all folks at, um, at gmail.com. What's so funny is Michael Bautiz, he, he, he legitimately sounds like a New Yorker. He's a very, like, like New York Bronx sort of accent to him, so you actually could do um, like an impression of him, but no. Well, the thing is, it you would sound like Chris. it would sound like another New Yorker named Mike. I would exactly. just end up doing my Mike Mis uh, my my Mike Misicano. Yeah, what do you want? Kind of voice. Yeah. No. No. Um, in addition to Mel Blanc doing his usual stuff as Sylvester and Sylvester Jr., June Foray does all the female roles here. And I'll talk about her versatility when I get into it. Um, but June is the narrator of this one, and she uses a pretty regal, semi-witch-hazel-esque voice for the narration. And, you know, the, the whole conceit of this one is it's, instead of Goldilocks and the Three Bears, it's the three cats and, it, you know, there's the mama cat, the papa cat, and it's Sylvester Jr. as the baby cat, as um, in a chair marked spoiled brat. And already he's sticking his tongue out of the camera. So, yes, this is a Sylvester and Sylvester Jr. cartoon. Deal with it. So um, I will say, I will say, the one thing about seeing this short in Thousand Rabbit as a kid is the idea of, 
Oh, Sylvester and Sylvester Jr. shorts are a recurring thing. It's just yeah. Sylvester and Sylvester Jr. Do you think? Yeah. No, this is a rarity. This is a rarity yeah, there's, that there's the wife. Yeah, there's no Hibby Hopper, which is a rarity, apparently. Cause like, yeah, that. and I think you can make the argument that it works better than a lot of Hibby Hopper cartoons. Yeah. But we'll, we'll get there when we wrap up, and Mark inevitably gives it another three and a half out of another three or whatever, you know. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm still mad. I'm still mad. Um, but yeah, no, so we already have like the, the, um, the dynamic of the house and the, 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 uh, the conflict is Sylvester Jr. is sick of eating porridge. He just goes, Who, whoever heard of cats eating porridge? And it sets up, you know, I, I want a mouse and we should just catch a mouse. And that's going to be the driving force from this cartoon that, you know, Sylvester Jr. wants Sylvester or somebody to catch a mouse and, It'll tie into the sort of dynamic between the two of them, between Sylvester as the provider and Sylvester Jr. as the, you know, as the child, you know, the, the way the family should go. I also love Sylvester um, when he almost directly quotes the fairy tale, say, let's go out for a nice walk. Now, now, where have I heard that before? So he literally knows he's doing a fairy tale. I like that. Did he also read the story in uh, Reader's Digest or whatever yes. it was from? That was, yeah, yeah, that was in... Yeah, they're um, in the same supermarket. We're yeah. in the same store. I'm like, oh, Reader Digest. Don't mind if I do. Hmm, yeah, Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Yeah. So, yeah, they go out and they're walking. And, and um, Sylvester's still whining about wanting um, a mouse and not porridge. And then Sylvester literally goes, you'll eat your porridge and like it. <laughs> um, somewhere, Harold Ramis is... <laughs> a young Harold Ramis gets an idea. Uh because this is almost exactly like the the bit from Caddyshack, where it's uh, Judge Smales and his, and his son Spall, and he's like, "I want a chocolate bar, I want a cheeseburger, I want French fries. You'll get nothing in like it." <laughs> so that's what that reminded me of. It's just Spalding at this point. Um. So here is where I will talk about June Foray's versatility. As we've discussed, she does a very good regal narrator to start this one off. Um, she also does a very good semi-Alice Cramden-esque wife for Sylvester, the sort of, like, very similar to Ma Bear uh, that B. Benaderet used to do, but a, a bit more like an Alice Cramden kind of voice. And she also has a very convincing little girl voice when doing uh, Goldie Mouse. While I do have issues with Goldie Mouse not being the most fleshed-out character in the world, especially in sort of knocking on the door and then doing the whole three, uh, Goldie Mouse and Three Bears shtick here, um... June Foray's voice for her is very good. The sort of high-voiced, you know, pretty girl kind of thing. And, um, you know, it works. It, again, you get all of this different bits of June Foray's range in here, and you can see why the, the Warner division really enjoyed working with her, especially in this stage. Once upon a time in a neat little cottage in a deep, dark forest lived three cats. A father cat, a mother cat, and a little baby cat. My porridge is too cold. Anybody home? It was Goldie Mouse. Porridge! The whole thing where um, uh, the Goldie Mouse is going, uh, is, is trying all the porridge and sleeping in the beds, and but it's too hot, it's too hard, but it's too cold. It, it's basically just a fairy tale. There's no real comedic subversion there. I do like some of the animation on the beds, like the rock hard bed, and then the um, the, uh, the the falling almost through uh, the mom's bed. So it, it, there's some there's some cool animation things there, but it's basically just the fairy tale. And so when Sylvester and the and the family come back, we do have some very fun subversions to the 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 sort of the someone's been eating my porridge stuff, mostly courtesy of Sylvester Jr. Who, first of all, you know, someone's been, uh, uh, someone um, was eating my porridge, and, and Sylvester Jr. is very happy that all of his porridge is gone because he hates porridge. <laughs> and then he's excited that someone's sleeping in his bed because that someone is a mouse. It's a mouse. So it's a mouse. <laughs> so far, the source of the comedy has been Sylvester Jr. and it's kind of working. And so after Goldie Mouse escapes back into her hole, no. 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 After the rest Goldie of this... Mouse goes back into... After Goldie Mouse runs into a wall... No. Uh, 
Just wham! Oh, sorry. Scorching over. All right. Knocked her out. Um, the rest of this, uh, after Goldie Mouse escapes back into her mouse hole, becomes a typical Sylvester, Sylvester Jr. cartoon where Sylvester tries catching the mouse to appease his complaining son. And so it's basically a lot of gags that would be in a heavy opera cartoon, just a, a lot smaller scale, obviously. The very first one is Sylvester just peeking his head into the mouse hole and immediately getting a mallet to the head and going, you know, eek, a cat, a cat. Like, like how any self-respecting woman would mace any pursuer at some point. You know, you have to have a, a large mallet twice the size of you lying around your house if anybody tries to break in. You know, it's a lot like like um, the, the bathroom machete, you know. The bathroom what? The bathroom machete. Which isn't Denny Trejo stays in your bathroom. Oh, but an actual right. machete that's hanging in the bathroom because you know if you're using it and someone breaks in, that way you're not off guard. I learned about it through right. Reddit. <laughs> you never know when you're going to need a machete in the bathroom. Yeah, you never. That's that's Robert Rodriguez every single day. You never know when I need. Everything. That's Machete Three. Machete Three is you know from the makers of Machete and Machete and Machete Kills. It's Machete Shits, <laughs> and it's just 120 minutes of Danny Trejo under a lot of groundhouse groundhousey um, um, filmmaking, just going. What the hell did I have last night? This is not good for me. <laughs> That's how Danny Trejo gets introduced in the new Spy Kids reboot. <laughs> to who? <laughs> no, it came out yesterday because, like, oh. apparently Rodriguez with Netflix is doing a Spy Kids uh, reboot again. Okay. Uh, another reboot of the reboot. Yes. Anyways, so now I'm just thinking, like, that's an interesting Danny Trejo. Like, he's played the yeah, same yeah. character. <laughs> Except yeah. he just flushes the toilet, walks out the door. I'm machete. <laughs> Sorry, kids. I was in there for a long time. Now, let's get you some gadgets. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, You'll notice that my impression of Danny Trejo sounds absolutely nothing like a slightly raspier Mitch Hedberg. I remember when I was taking some gadgets for some kids, and I wasn't going too good. I was thinking like Al Pacino. Okay. <laughs> Man. Everywhere I turn. Now can I talk about the fucking bow and arrow gag? Yeah. The bow and arrow gag. Um, this is a simple enough gag, you know, him him getting like an arrow that, that would go in there and then accidentally throw a uh, um, swinging, flinging himself into the mouse hole. It's a simple enough gag, but I do love the foul out of Sylvester Jr. yelling off screen, "Mother, you better bring the thing." And the mom just coming out nonplussed with a plunger. Plus the entire next scene happening with a plunger still on Sylvester's ass. Also, boys, there's the, um, Sylvester puts a bag over his head. Because, like, he's embarrassed that his mother, that's his A shame Sylvester, yes. Yeah. Um, there's a, the, the, the gag after this as well, the, the dart gag, is also a little bit too simple. You know, you could do a little bit more with all that. But I do, however, love the cheese trap gag. Oh my god, yeah. Just, okay, because so Sylvester's setting up a, like a bear trap that would like yank upward and he's, he's like like pulling it in from the ceiling and, you know, he's trying to set it up so it would close once she actually comes out and gets the cheese. And it it's foiled because Sylvester sees what he's doing and shouts for mother. So he drops it and get, falls into the trap and explodes. And the mother literally is already re- ready with a first aid kit on a tray is great. <laughs> yeah, I just love the the delivery of mother. Because first it's Sylvester sees Vester. Mother! And then, <laughs> then just Sylvester falls. You don't see him fall in. And then just a... Mother! Yes, yes, I know. And then right after here, as Sylvester is setting up the next gag, which is like setting up cheese, and then um, and then it, it leads it, it it's it's like the kind of it's another trap in front of the thing, um, and Sylvester's setting it up, and Sylvester Junior. This is the moment where Sylvester Junior. realizes it's going to be too difficult for Sylvester to catch actually catch Goldie Mouse, and he goes, yeah. "Father, I think I better eat the porridge." So now Sylvester's gone so far this, down this plot that the person who started it no longer wants it. 
It's like you're you're going out of your way. It's it's it it's gonna be too. It, I'm asking too much of you. I'll just have the porridge. <laughs> and Sylvester just going, no spoiled brat, son of mine. Okay, do I play the foos or no? Uh, I think Genesis would fit more. Okay. Oh. Even when the Foo Fighters came out with their No Son of Mine, I'm like, here's already a Genesis song with that title. We now know, thanks to this next gag where the, uh, Sylvester set a trap in front of the mouse hole and has cheese in front of the trap, so she would so the, the goal would be for her to go through the trap and get the cheese, but she goes around the trap. I forget how that gag ended. It, something blew up, probably. Doesn't he get hit with the... Uh... With his yeah, no, he goes through it trying to yeah, catch he, her. Yeah, he, gets he goes through the, 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 the trap. Okay. Yeah, and that's yeah. all right, good. Now that we got that squared away. Um, this has one of my favorite Sylvester running back and forth in the background plotting gags. Because it's it's the, the mom, cat, and Junior absentmindedly reading. And you just see Sylvester running oh my back God. and forth. I love this because it's no mind until he walks across with, with uh, TNT. And then they both just... Get up. They don't even look at him. They just get up, leave the house. They go to a bomb shelter. They exit to the bomb shelter. Exactly. They have a bomb shelter. And we don't even see what happens with Sylvester. We just hear the loud bang and we see the aftermath of him scraggling in all blown up. And <laughs> it's an all right ending that we have where Sylvester, defeated, just throws the bowl of porridge at Junior. And Junior calls his dad a coward or whatever. And we end. But So, okay. When I was looking at the article about this cartoon, it said, Oh, and the ending got cut. So I'm thinking, Oh, on a thousand one rabbit tails cartoon that's in, that was in the movie that had its ending cut? I've seen no. this before. Oh, no. Yeah. What's it gonna. And like, it's just the most redundant ending. It's like, yeah. like, Sebastian just reinforces that he doesn't like porridge, which, okay. Know that already. Yeah, it's 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 a fine ending. It it puts a bow on it. You know, it's 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 not. I, I would have been. It would have been funnier if we ended it with just the bang of the um the, the outside the bulb shelter and just like, did you hear something? No, I didn't. All right. Okay. So, I liked a lot of this gag work in this cartoon. Uh, the Sylvester Sylvester Junior stuff is really good. The reactions to gags from Sylvester and the mom. The entire family dynamic is really good. There was not a lot to Goldie Mouse as a character. Easy winter foil, um, easy, easy face type. There was there was some dead space, a couple of gags that could have been spruced up and thrown in some places. But I still like this one, um, especially as a showcase for Sylvester and Sylvester Junior. Works a lot better than a lot of the uh, Hippity Hopper cartoons. Yeah, this is definitely the best Sylvester Sylvester Junior short we've watched. Um, yes, I must be a, a pretty well done short. Um, yeah. I like that it. It takes the, the the three bears aesthetic, and uh, and as a it does apply to the cats thing pretty well. It's a different vibe than most like Sylvester cartoons, which I like. Yeah. So There's a lot uh, more yeah, yeah, exactly. A lot more stuff going on. A lot more um, interesting story. I give it a four out of five. I'm giving it a four out of five as well. Okay. I was expecting another three, but all right. Okay. Okay. Last short here is Red Riding Hoodwinked. Yes. Came out sometime in the 2000s. Uh, Glenn no, is it? no, not the movie no. Hoodwinked. The no. cartoon Red Riding Hoodwinked. Yeah. Was released on October 29th, <laughs> 1955. <laughs> Regards what happened on that. You like that? Yeah, I like that a lot. They made, made, made a fucking hood bunch Would Would you really like that, if I remember correctly? Like, I think you saw it in theaters and you went, actually, this is actually pretty good. I did not like that movie. I don't All understand right. the people that have nostalgia for that movie. Yeah, there's a lot of people Because there are, yeah, I mean, people on Twitter are like, that one's actually pretty good. I didn't like it. I remember it was very strange that I had a sequel. Yes. The sequel came out like seven or eight years later. It, it was like insane. Yeah, it's like, okay, sure, we're doing this. Just a matter of time before Google 2 or whatever. Oh, fuck that. All right. This is released on October 29th, 1950. Ah. 1950? Oh no. This came out on October 29th, 1955. Yeah. 
Here's what happened on that day. Belgium signs a cord for five-day work week, which is around 45 mm-hmm. hours. Those Boo. bastards. Eat your waffles. <laughs> I I had a music uh, on, on this day birth thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Roger O'Donnell, uh, keyboardist for The Cure, Psychedelic Furs, Thompson Twins, Berlin. Okay, keyboardist for the 80s <laughs> was born on this day. You know, so, so I actually have another music thing here. Um, Go. Kevin Dubrow, lead singer of the band Quiet Riot, was also born oh. on this day. Come on, oh, feel the noise. So that's yeah, good day for music on this day. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's two again. That gives you two different circles of '80s music. Either it's your standard British synth pop, or it's your standard issue hair metal. Either one is valid, although I don't think Quiet Riot is the best of the hair metal. I would I would put yeah. stuff like Def Leppard, Narrow Smith, a little bit, and Motley with, Crue. With Quiet Riot, you could easily confuse it with Twisted Sister. Yeah, it's the it's the same type of shock rock. Um, I think that Twisted Sister is a I think I think Twisted Sister is a bit more of a leftist kind of thing, especially considering uh, D. Snyder's politics. But Quiet Riot is very much a centrist sort of, you know, um, Gen Xer, yeah, to, to, to death and destruction kind of shit. I think their their mascot was like a guy in an Iron Maiden mask, like like, like just a black mask trying to get it off or whatever. Interesting, interesting. band. Interesting. And again, that that lead singer had an interesting, a very like compared to the original Come On Feel the Noise, which was Naughty Holder from Slade, and even more like. Assified vocal cords, like like Naughty Holder at least had some some singing range. That was like the guy from Quiet Riot was like just even more like throaty insanity. All right, so this short was directed by Frizz Feeling and by Warren yeah. Foster. Ah, there yeah. it is. Well, Michael Maltese on this one. So we got some interesting uh, um, notes about this short. Mm. It was in a thousand one rabbit tales. The entire short. Was it a thousand one rabbit tails? Yeah, it was. Awesome. Old thing again. Alrighty. So, our cartoon begins with a very nice narration going over Red Riding Hood. Another one with June Foray as a narrator. Yes. (laughs) And, you know, uh, she's on her way to Grandma's house with Tweety Bird. Tweety Bird is the gift that she's going to give to Grandma. Right. So... Sylvester's in the in the garbage. Sense has a bird sense. Sees the trees there. And I love... This is a version of a social cartoon where Sylvester is an average street cat who's desperate for food. Which is nice. So, Sylvester runs alongside the bus to get to Grandma's house. And he actually does it. Like, when he... Eventually, he stands to a, a stop sign... But then the bus stops a couple of yards away. Like, he he was dedicated. Or maybe she just yeah. doesn't live that far away from the city. I don't know. I mean, you know, Sylvester will go through those means and do those things just to get that bird. You know. And did, did you get a laugh out of the little the, the, the bus in terms of where it's going? It literally just says, to Grandma's yeah, just, house via the woods. Via the woods. It's great. Yeah, it's some... Um, Oh, what's the book called? It's like that book. Like the, the, the Trial of the Big Bad Wolf. Not the short. Not the short. It's a book that we mm. liked a lot. It's by, it by the same people who did the uh, Stinky Cheese Man book. It, oh, it's a John Sheska book. Okay, cool. Got yeah. It. it was like their yeah. first attempt and it's like it's like a newspaper. That's a good one. I remember that being a good one as well. So, speaking of, then introduced to the Big Bad Wolf who... Yeah. <laughs> Is introduced by a sign, and I he says, that. "All right, all right, they know who I am. Here's that forty sensibility, still going yeah. strong in the mid 1950s." Yeah, this is, it's all over it. Um, one thing I want to go back to before we go in that um, the 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 we we do get our obligatory I taught I taught I taught I taught putty tat as Sylvester is running alongside the bus. You just see the small little Sylvester head like hanging alongside the the, the bus window. I, I've always liked that visual. 
but yeah, where where you were at, that, that that's where we begin the running gag of the wolf not remembering Little Red Riding Hood's name. <laughs> Which is like, Yeah, and, and I love how like it starts so it's just like, yeah, yeah, he knows, yeah, yeah, they know who I am. And then he sees Little Red walking down the lane and goes, Ah, there she is. It's um it's uh then another sign comes down Little You Red mean Riding Red Riding Hood? Hood? Yeah, I was like, Yeah, yeah. Also, <laughs> the wolf's voice. Okay, so it's Mel doing the voice of the wolf. Yeah. There's something about it that sounds familiar. Like the cadence feels like an impression of someone. The best thing I can think of is like a is like a Don Knotts voice. Ah, uh, where are you going, Miss A? Uh, miss A. Uh, uh. With the Red Riding Hood. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where are you going with the cage, Red Riding Hood? I I couldn't place where I I was re- recognizing that from. So the wolf, this is where the wolf runs into Tweety and, and, and Red Riding Hood and again forgets her name and Tweety has to remind him, which is great. And just says, oh, oh where are you going, Red Riding Hood? It's like, it's like, oh, my grandma's house. Like, ah, oh, grandma's house, eh? Okay, okay. <laughs> it's a fun character. Mel's at least have a blast playing him. Eventually, you no, know, Little Riding Hood skips away and he goes, hey, Eat that little that um that uh, what's your and name? Sylvester the funniest one is Sylvester here Red Riding Hood. It's funny. Also, Sylvester's like, hmm, Grandma's house. Hmm? The same oh, exact realization. Yeah. So that's our plot: is both the big bad wolf and Sylvester have the exact same idea to eat Red Riding Hood. And Tweety. You even have this wordless standoff here between the wolf and Sylvester, both oh, trying yeah. to run and then trying to outdo each other, and then Sylvester eventually sheepishly walking off the other direction. It, 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 there, there's definitely, even though they are kind of on the same side here, there's definitely a bit of a competition between the two of them. Yeah, it's just like, I, I just love the little um, smile then turns away from Sylvester. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. And then just we just cut to the wolf throwing Granny out. <laughs> there's no like, there's no lead up to that. She's it's, it's a it's a full and stay out. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Grandma, who voiced by June Foray, but a completely different design, just goes uh, one of these days. Power Ryan the Kisser. Uh, we love our honeymooners references, don't we? We do. It was nineteen. It was the nineteen fifties. They were everywhere. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> we, we, we have the reprise of the joke from, uh, the first one where there's already a couple of wolves in the bed. Except, except it's Sylvester. Now this yes. one, this is the better version for Yeah, me. it's just Sylvester trying to beat him to it. We already know Sylvester wants in on the same bed as the wolf, so he's, so him already being there works. Yeah. But, like, like, there's an attachment to the story with this gag instead of it just being a random gag. Yeah, so eventually, you know, uh, they hear the knocking. Both the wolf and Sylvester are running around like, what do we do? It's just like, oh, we're going to the bed. <laughs> Under the bed. The wolf goes on top of the bed. And this is something I noticed, which was, which was um, interesting. The wolf immediately goes into the voice. There's no like, come in, yeah. <clears throat> come in. It's, like, it's, it's the one of these that doesn't use that damned, come in, okay, come in, you know, you know that yeah. one. Actual change because we have time for an even funnier joke. Where right before she comes in, the wolf forgets her name again. He ducks under the bed. Hey, hey what's her name? Quick, again? what's that kid's name again? Red Riding Hood. That made me laugh so hard. Quick, what's that kid's name again? <laughs> And so it becomes it, it it's it's both of them doing the guys in tandem. It's the wolf in the bed, Sylvester under the bed. It's it's a whole thing, and I love how Tweety plays this entire thing, where Red Riding Hood lays him down, and so he can be level to Sylvester under the bed. And so and he goes, "Hello, little, little Red Riding Hood's grandma. What are you what are you doing <laughs> under the bed?" <laughs> a realist. Yes, and then eventually. At the same time, both Little Riding Hood and yeah. Tweety realize he gets a big bad wolf. And e, the big, big bad, bad putty tap. <laughs> Which, 
I love that for, for, for Tweety's line, Mel just stepped away from it to like yell it. Because there's like a lot of reverb on that. It's like, And this is where we get the uh, the, the chase, as it will. And uh, the, 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 there's some good stuff in here. We get um, we get some door humor. Yeah, I love that. The musical timing of the door is great. Where actually the first gag is a, is a door where <laughs> they're running around and Sylvester opens the door on the wolf and, and the wolf gets knocked out. And Sylvester has to run, get a bucket of water and put it on, on the wolf. Again, I like how... They're not quite working together. They're still the same mission, but they also can't stand each other. It works. It's a fun dynamic back and forth. And then uh, eventually, um, Sylvester and the, the wolf get locked out of the house. It's like, ah, oh, crap, how do I do this? Okay, so... What did you think of this gag? <laughs> this was... I found this pretty funny, because like, okay. the wolf goes to one side of the door... It does his own way inside the house. Sylvester gets like a a rubber band or something, and that gets that tries to get him inside the house. Yeah, doing a whole rock slingshot thing. Yeah, and and just Sylvester is preparing it to go loose, and around he's about to let go. That's when the wolf opens the door because he got in and just <laughs> just slams right through the entire house, up against to a tree. This I didn't love this gag, but I can I can definitely place now that it reminded me of the Home Alone movies. Something Harry and Marv would do to each other by accident. And this just takes us to our ending. I I, yeah. I, I forgot how actually paced this thing is. Where you know eventually um, Red Riding Hood and Tweety they run out of Grandma's house. They head they go into the bus. They 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 they. They get on the bus, the bus leaves, Sylvester and the wolf run towards the, the bus stop. The bus stops, they go in, there's a bit of like a tussle between the wolf and, and Sylvester, a bit, they don't want to go inside the bus, it's like who wants to get him first? And they both go inside the bus, they both get punched out. Now, <laughs> this is not that nice I saw online where it's like, it's like, it's like a goof, it's like a continuity thing. Yeah, I, I, I saw the same one. Yeah, so we found it, it's Granny. It's like, oh, yeah. I told them one of these days and then both of us, both uh, Tweety and, or it's like Pam, Pal, Ryan, the kisser. That's re-ended. Granny's getting a beef with the wolf. Granny's, this Granny's never met Sylvester before. Given, I, I also think like, you know, context, right? Like, okay, well obviously he's chasing after my my granddaughter, my niece, or whatever. Yeah, I think that's honestly it. Yeah, like I, I don't think that's honestly that's, that's not the the error I thought you were going to go with. Oh. Because as we see the uh, the wolf and Sylvester running after the bus, you can see the profile of the bus driver, and it don't look like Granny. So whoops, that you know. <laughs> eh. Well, you see, well, if they did, it give away the reveal. I know, but like you don't want to. To not look like Granny, and then so what was there a stand-in uh, bus driver the whole time? Was it like was it like Men in Black where there's the automatic pilot that's just a random guy doing it? Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be really strange if like you know the the, the bus doors open up and it's just Granny with the automatic pilot trying to keep it from inflating? It's like oh god, yeah, <laughs> maybe. Why is it that I bring in the airplane reference? <laughs> oh, I, oh, I, 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 yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, you keep it inflated. That was one of the unfortunate moments where your um, your audio cut out right with right oh, the airplane shit. reference. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh. So anyway, yeah, that's where the cartoon ends. Um, yeah. Actually, um, hold on. I have the perfect response to that. All right. Um. Okay. Thank you, Leslie Nielsen. That's that's one of my favorite parts of the movie. He goes in, sees what appears to be um, Julie Hagerty performing fellatio on a on a, um, a blow up doll. Goes back out, doesn't think about it, then looks like that to the camera, <laughs> then thinks about it. I love that bit. Anyway, um, this had some fun stuff in it, especially with the wolf and Sylvester working together and the running gag of the wolf for forgetting Ryan Good's name. Um, lots of good gag mentality here. 
in my opinion, it lost a little bit of ground late, but uh, I think this is a pretty good one. Uh, I don't have a ton of qualms against it. I really dug the pacing. Yeah. Like, it just, we just keep going. It doesn't really uh, waste time here. No. I found out the Red Riding Hood jokes were done better this time, as well as more, yes. more efficient time-wise. Okay, it, you can have that just, opinion. It wasn't just a typical Twistbuster cartoon we skinned to be about Red Riding Hood. The Red Riding Hood story is prevalent in the short throughout, which I liked. Yeah, I'm giving it a 4 out of 5. I'm also giving it a 4 out of 5, Amos. Okay, so it was really only the first one that was gonna, that we yeah. were far apart on. <laughs> oh, well. Let's see what you guys had to say about these fairy tale shorts. Yes, I wonder if you guys are all gonna be proving Mark wrong. I love being proven wrong. It's my favorite oh, hobby. Yeah. I do it all the time. It's my kink, no. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Mark. Our comment this week is um, from uh, the Termite Terrace Club at Looney Terrace. And because it's the Termite Terrace Club, I will be reading this as Frizz Freeling because I just think the boys from Termite Terrace, well, Frizz Freeling, you know, folks may sitting down. All right. So that's Frizz. As the gang from Termite Terrace would often take fairy tales and put a spin on them, Freeling appears to use Little Red Riding Hood a lot, which I agree with. You know, I mean, he, he, we, we've done a lot of Little Egg Riding Hood shorts by Frizz, and a lot of them are pretty good, and some of these in this episode were pretty good. In Goldymouth, he used Sylvester Jr., more common with McKimson, that hack. <laughs> I added the hack part, don't worry. That's why I killed him. I killed him. <laughs> and you should know it. All shortlisted are good ones. Little Red Riding Rodent is the most fun. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of fun with that one. You didn't, if I recall correctly, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, uh, Rowan Hood, yeah, uh, I, I wasn't a big fan. Yeah, because I loved that one. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, that one, from, from an animation standpoint, is a lot of fun. And, uh, some of us didn't seem to think so, but, you know. I told you, this is what gets me off! Sure. This entire thing is for your sexual gratification, Mark. <laughs> uh, oh, brother, when we, 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 we reach episode 100, this whole thing's going to hell. <laughs> you, we should have saved this bit for episode 69. Damn it! Well, <laughs> wait, wait, I, I think at that one, we forgot to the very end. It's like, oh shit, 69, I'm going to make a joke or something. I don't know. Anyway, thank you. And um, we appreciate your comment, Termite Terrace Club. Um, keep fighting the good fight. All right. Um, next episode is episode 90. Uh, it's an even-numbered uh, multiple of 10 episode, which means... And usually, when we do those multiple of 10 episodes, that means we cover a Looney Tunes movie. Um... Is that what we're doing next week? <laughs> yes. Good. K kinda. It, it's. Uh, it was advertised as one. <laughs> it sort of counts as a movie. It's like King Tweety, where yeah, okay, you can say this is a movie, oh. but is it? <laughs> ooh, ooh. Okay, so. <laughs> yes, folks, we are going to be covering that, and not gonna lie. Don't have the highest expectations, but, you know, prove us wrong. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll be proven wrong. But next week, we're doing just the, the perfect time of the year to do yeah. this. Um, fantastic time of the year to be doing this. Uh, we're doing... Fucking May. <laughs> yeah. We're doing Bah Humduck, a Looney Tunes Christmas for Carol. <laughs> In May. In May. Because nothing says summer quite like a Christmas Carol parody. It's not even the first one they've ever done. <laughs> it's the second Christmas Carol parody with these characters. Yes. Will it be the good one? I guess we'll find out. Oh. I haven't seen this movie in like over 15 years. Same. Um, I... I saw it when it first premiered on Cartoon Network because it was an event. Oh yeah, and, and, sure. And then I, 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 I never put it on during the holiday season. It, it just didn't yeah. hold it with me. So that's gonna be fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, it'll be something at least. Hopefully you guys will get a kick out of it. So that's our show. <laughs> that's the end of this week's show. If you like you up with us on Twitter, you can follow me at Mark Halem1995. And you can follow me at Tall Guy Schmidt. If you like keep up with the podcast or give your thoughts for next week's episode, you can follow at that underscore loony or type in the podcast title. We are the first result. You can also find our podcast wherever podcasts are readily available. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Player FM, Anchor, Stitcher, Amazon Music. We're also on Sylvester the Cat's podcast service, which is... Um, Suffering Cast. Suffering... Suffering... Suffering Sucker Cast. There we go. Now with uh, 50% less porridge. All right. So until next week, I'm Mark. And I'm Jordan. And that's the line I was waiting for. <laughs>